Good evening, the back community. Uh, as always, thank you for staying involved. Thank you for staying engaged. Uh, tonight, uh, I actually get to interview someone that I have known since they were born. Um, so uh, this is going to be really, really unique. Um, and it's gonna be out of mutual love and respect because I know it flows both ways. Tonight, the back community, we have the privilege and honor of interviewing Salah Harris. Uh, Salah, man, thank you for giving me your time tonight, bro. I truly appreciate it. And like I said, man, I've been waiting to interview you for a while because I really th think that you are uh, one of the voices and faces of your generation. So uh, thank you for giving me your time today. And I look forward to diving into your story, bro. Most definitely. Thank you. It's a okay. pleasure. Okay. Well, listen, as, as, as you know, um, uh, uh, this is season two of the Back Community. Uh, one of the things that I always like to do is to highlight individuals from the Capital District area, whether you uh, still live there currently or have moved on. Uh, but I like to focus in on individuals who are bringing about change, focusing in on change, and being a part of the change that we seek. Uh, which is why I definitely wanted to get you on. But I know you. I know who you are, which is what I said earlier, but there's some people in the Capital District area who don't know who you are, Salah. So at this time, what I'm going to do is open the floor up to you. Here's your opportunity to tell the back community more about you. So tell us, uh, 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 what are you doing right now? What kind of work do you do? Um, and here's your opportunity to tell the back community about you. Okay, well... I mean, after that introduction, I feel like, you know, I got to hump myself <laughs> just a little bit. But um, as I stated before, this right here is my cousin Tyrell. My name is Salah Harris. I'm actually an undergraduate student at the University of Albany. I'm also a constituent services assistant at City Hall for the office of the mayor. And uh, aside from that, I do a lot of, you know, community service around the community. I'm born and raised in Albany. I've been here my whole life. Grew up on First Street, raised on South Pearl Street, you know, all around the Albany area. Um, definitely ingrained with the people a lot ingrained with the youth as well. And um, I just have a passion to, you know, bring better change to the community. And aside from that, to lead by example in the community and show that we can implicate these things despite the age or where we come from. Okay, okay, okay. And yo, uh, you don't know how, uh, uh, how rewarding this is to me right now, because one, like I said, man, you, you, the way that you are now as an adult, you've been that same way since you were a kid. Uh, uh, you have a gift of gab, your, your vernacular is out of this world. And yeah, so, 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 so we, we, we gonna get to it. One of the other things I know you did mention passion. We're definitely going to get to career in touch as well, because I want to hear more about what you're doing with that. But I know that you're doing a lot of community work. Um, and, uh, those are the things that I really wanted to highlight, uh, uh, our, our, our interview around tonight. So, um, uh, so uh, how long have you been working in the mayor's office? What kind of work do you do there? So I started I started working at the mayor's office at the beginning of this semester. It was probably around like like the first week of the semester in September. Um, I had been extended an offer. Being that I was working with the, the mayor's office of equity and community engagement, which is pretty much like the community engagement office ran by Eva Bass. You might be familiar with Eva as well. Um, I was working with them prior. And due to the work that I had done at City Hall before then and some other community initiatives that I've also been involved with, um, I was able to be offered the opportunity. And um, aside from being able to do that, I've been able to learn about constituent services, been able to learn all kinds of things of clerical support, how to interact with constituents on a consistent basis, and just how to use that as a platform to get in touch with people and, and benefit people as well. Nice, nice. And, and, and I don't want to overlook I know you're currently uh, matriculating there at U Albany. Uh, uh, what are you studying and how did you choose uh, your field of study? Okay, so um, at U Albany, I'm a political science uh, major with a public policy minor and my concentration is inequality and equality. Um, initially, I didn't have a con concentration declared. Well, obviously, I mean, most, most, most kids don't get it until around like junior year, maybe end of beginning of senior year. But um, aside from that, I started off with political science, I kind of, I kind of feel like I knew initially, I was always interested in history in high school. That was always, that was like my favorite subject when I was in high school. And so prior to that, I had also, I did an internship right before I got to college with City Hall and I worked with a local councilman and that kind of gave me the public policy side. And I had her known, excuse me, that I was interested in history and politics in a sense. And I knew that I liked to talk as well. So I was like, okay, this might be, this might definitely be something that, you know what I'm saying? I could put my, put my foot into. And so after having the opportunity um, at City Hall, 
uh, that was the summer of 2019. After having that opportunity, I also went with the YMCA. They took us on a on the 175th anniversary to go to London, and I had that opportunity out there to like speak with other kids who potentially were going to college. But these are kids from like different types of countries and other different types, other countries in the world and other places in the world, and they shared their perspectives as well. And I was like, you know what? There might be some impact in politics, seeing as this is the system that some of us have to go by, and not even some of us, all of us have to go by. And these other rules are made. There might be a way to make change within this system. So that was initially. Uh, how I picked my major, but political science, I, I like I like the political science major and, and the public policy minor as well. It actually made me consider uh, going to, to graduate school, excuse me, with the Rockefeller School, because UAlbany has a really good uh, public policy and political science program, but it's vast. It's, it's, it's vast in the program. I like political science, though. <laughs> yes. I, I can see it. I, I can see it as clear as day. Um, and two, um, cousin, would you? Uh, Huh? Oh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I apologize. My grandmother's actually standing outside of the door right now. See, make sure everything is okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was saying that I think that um, uh, 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 being uh, uh, choosing political science or being in that uh, being in that field, uh, I can see you doing it very easily because, as I said earlier, you have the gift of gab, uh, but uh, what I like about it uh, more so than ever is that uh, you're doing it from a grassroots perspective, right? So uh, you're getting into a policy and politics, but you're also uh, hitting it from the ground level, where it's just like, I want to touch the people. I know recently you had just reached out, you were saying uh, what you wanted to do for, uh, for Thanksgiving, and you had this desire to get out and you wanted to give out all of these meals. And I'm just like, you know, uh, I um, I can relate to that passion because you know when I was there in Albany, I would always do the uh, the Equinox program. So that's when when you were telling me, I was just like, listen, man, why don't you just reach out here and you can do that because uh, you have a passion for the people, which is which is what is going to set you apart. And one thing I always tell you is just like Salah, take your time, just take your time. Yeah, I mean you got nothing but time in front of you. And, and and you'll be fine. So uh, I'm not surprised that you actually chose uh, I, I chose what you chose uh, studying there at U Albany. And shout out to U Albany. I got a lot of respect for U Albany. Respect, respect. Shout out, cause it's shout out Judo on that Equinox call out. Come on now, <laughs> shout out you right there. That was that was good. That was good movement. Hey, listen, man. It's no sense of trying to uh, reinvent the wheel if the real if the wheel is already moving. Some sometimes you just gotta uh, get tapped into somebody just to go ahead and give you a little reminder, a little push. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah well, let me see man let's start hitting you with your official questions okay, okay. Um, i know you I, I know you name dropped the ymca uh and, and and shout out and shout out to the to the ymca but uh, uh growing up in a capital district area what kinds of programs or opportunities did you take advantage of as a young man salah okay well aside from the Y, so let's see aside from the ymca i mean just growing up i mean you probably know better than me my mom I had no game play at all. So it was it was any type of extracurricular program, any activity, especially anything having to do with like like uh, okay, I'll I'll give you an example. I started off with the Albany College of Pharmacy uh, Health and Sciences program that started like the summer of my fourth grade year, and it was really just a program for advanced like science and, and, and math thinkers at the at the School of Writer Choice during the time. And they would take us and we go and mentor with like different kids that were actually going to ACP Albany College of Pharmacy during that period of time. And every year we do a science fair at the end, but it was like an interactive like. Like uh, I guess you say interactive learning program. Essentially, we did have a lot of fun, but we also learned as well, and it taught you a lot about science and with the science fairs as well. So anything like I was going to weather and climate camp, I was going to YMCA programs such as the Achievers. Yeah. Um, trying to think, I mean regular uh, regular sports programs, but anything where you could just get a sign up. You come here, you get these amount of mm -hmm. books, or you come here and you just do this quick little sign up. My mom was always on the extracurriculars and just. Yeah trying to see that opportunity, whether it had to do something that I liked or not. She's like, at least just see it. And if you don't like it, at least you know that that's something that you don't like and you'll yep. be able to talk about it and have that perspective. So any extracurricular, but heavily, like like I said, ACP, weather and climate camp, stuff like that. But it was always like enlightening. Okay. And, and the reason why I asked is because uh, uh, for most people that I've interviewed, both in season one and season two, we always talk about how uh, uh, the capital district, especially the city of Albany, had an abundance of programs, uh, uh, definitely when I was growing up. Didn't matter what part of town you lived in, uptown, downtown, crosstown, uh, North Albany, uh, there was a YMCA, there was some type of rec center, there was some type of programs that you could do, 4-H, 
uh, 15 Love, you name it. I mean, there was something for everything. But we look at right, we look at it today, and we always uh, 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 a lot of the individuals who are older than myself or that grew up during my time, we will always say, what happened to all of the availability of the programs? Because sometimes we look at what's happening with the young adults right now, because a lot of it is uh, uh, young individuals um, that are uh, engaged in in, uh, in a lot of the activities that we see on the news right now. So we like, well, well, what happened to all of the programs? What happened to Big Brothers Big Sisters? What happened to all these different programs? Yep. Yeah. That was another one. Yep, yep. So, and it's it's crazy. And like I said, uh, 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 knowing uh, uh, knowing most of your story is just like uh, I I see how hard your mom worked. And I'm not just saying this just because I love your mom. I love your mom. Shout out to your mom. Uh, but I, I know how hard your mom worked to get you exposed uh, to different avenues, to get you exposed to different programs, because uh, you really are a, a gifted and unique young man. And you always have been. So I think that the Capital District area has a lot of programs and nine times out of 10, especially for right now, it's uh, 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 us as the people of the community knowing what programs are available and what are accessible and being able to get the students to these programs and back home because uh, some of them might be coming from households that don't have cars. So, but, you know, so uh, uh, highlighting those programs uh, for you and the YMCA to go over to London I remember that trip. I was so excited for you. That was big, uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Those pro programs like that, they, they have like, I mean, for me at least, I know I can attest like played an integral role, not only in shaping my mindset, but also in just make, making me value perspective. Like so much mm -hmm. being that, like I said, I'm coming from these same communities that a lot of my friends are coming yeah. from. And they're like, yo, how did you have this opportunity? I'm like, well, I filled out an application. They yeah. said I'm getting the program. I paid $20 and they let me, and four years later, it took me to London. Like, seriously. And just to imagine, like, I could have never imagined leaving the country, let alone going to London or Scotland. So it was like, like, it made me value not only those programs so much more, but it, it made me value the people who put me in those places to be in those programs who sent me the application or sent my mom the application. Like, nice. definitely integral parts of, of, of getting your perspective. Nice. Nice. Let me see. Um, and actually, um, uh, I, I started to say shout out Dave Brown, but it's going to lead me to my next question, too. Uh, 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 as you were uh, growing up, did you have any mentors uh, 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 that uh, that you would say that you would tap into uh, growing up? And if so, what was the impact of having a mentor uh, for you as a young man? So, okay, I would say aside from the honorary mention, I mean, the I mean, don't, <laughs> come on now, we already we already know where that goes. Cousin T was was definitely one of the one of the biggest mentors. I say, um, uh. Who, who else? Who else that? Currently now, well, let's we'll, we'll stick with growing up. We'll stick with growing up because right now I've got I've got definitely got some people that I reference on a consistent basis mm -hmm. like yeah. that are, are are helped me along this path. But starting off, definitely you. It was heavily just the the, the men in my family like you, uh, my godbrother Brandon, a, a few others, yeah. like people who would just take that time to come get you when my mom got an extra shift or we get out for the, some pizzas or like that one time uh, you I you and I and Brandon excuse me went yeah. out and we just went to like the cemetery and we like had that conversation about the people that you and my mom have lost and the way that you guys have seen the community impact each other and how it's impacted you guys and how you grow up in this in a situation like that and move from it and not necessarily be a product or a reflection of it excuse me but a product yeah. so that definitely that was something that i'll never forget that day we went out i still remember what kind of pizza we got when we left the cemetery. <laughs> we went to domino i still remember but that was something that was very impactful and just like i said that heavily just the men in my family like taking that time to really just step in and be like hey listen like, I see you doing this, but let's talk about this. Have you talked about this? Or have you done this? Have you put some thought to this? You know what I mean? So I would say heavily, heavily relied on the men in my family to, to really stand up. Like big cousins, big brother, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Okay. Okay. And let me see. Uh, it all, a lot of times it seems that, um, actually, I guess you can look at it from, from two ways. You can look at it from... Uh, from a street level and say, sometimes it looks like the Capital District or the Albany community is divided. You know, we're divided by areas, uptown, downtown, crosstown, wherever it is. But I think a lot of times it's also just divided. It could be divided on a political scene as well. And it's uh, a lot of times, we, I think I often wonder, and it comes up in a lot of the conversations is like, well, how do we bridge the gap? Why is it so much of a divide? Um, what do you think keeps the community from coming 
coming together as a collective host a lot. If you were to go ahead and uh, uh, give your uh, uh, summary of, of why, why you think it's as uh, uh, divided as it is. Hmm. Or say, do you divide it? Maybe I should have said that. I, I don't want to leave it the wrong way. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say the division, the division is, is broken up because I see it in multiple facets. Like I, I, I definitely understand, you know, polit the political division and definitely the division amongst just people in the community in general. I'm from this part of town, y'all from this part of town. But I feel like it's also like I was mentioning earlier, like briefly, it's that sense of value. Like, I don't feel like it's a barrier from holding us back from being a collective. It's more so, like you said, that advocating for, for your brother, like advocating for your sister, letting them know that we have these programs, letting people know that we are here to help, not pushing people off or letting people defer to the, to the lower department or getting people to do things and not actually following up. I feel like it's, like I said, that sense of value, like people valuing the situation that they're in their lives and valuing the people that they have around them and valuing their community. I feel like that's what brings back the collective sense. Like think about like, I, I, I can the, the, the value to like a, a sports team. Like when, when, one, when a city has a sports team and it's on their back, hey, listen, whatever's going on, we shutting down the streets. They just won, we're going crazy, like this is it. And it's a collective feeling. Nobody's thinking about, oh, well, we had this going on or me and them was beefing. Man, our city just won and it's that collective our city. Bringing that back, I feel like it starts with bringing back that sense of value of people just valuing these situations, valuing the people around them and knowing that there are people there for them and that the city is there for them as well. I like that. I like that. Actually, it, it actually makes a lot of sense, too. It's like uh, we do find different commonalities to come together on. Mm -hmm. And um, I know traveling outside of Albany, uh, uh, living in Charlotte for a while, mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the guys I interviewed was Markel Brace, uh, a heavy basketball star up there uh, in, uh, in Albany, as well as North Carolina Central. Shout out to my boy, Kel. Uh, but uh I remember when I first went to Johnson C. Smith and uh, Markel was at North Carolina Central, his school came over to play mine and I didn't root for, uh, 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 I didn't root for my, for my team that day. I rooted for uh, North Carolina Central because my friend from Albany yep. played for that team. Yep. So, you know, it was like uh i like what you said uh we find different commonalities uh whether it's sports whether it's it's something uh that we can collectively win uh on and you know uh, and we can ride off of that one thing we have in common is that we have a love for the city of albany i think i interviewed um a flay uh it was last season i interviewed flay one of the things that he said uh shout out to flay down there at the arbor hill sports complex uh, but Flay was just like, he said, Rel, one of the things that makes anybody from Albany uh, uh, uniquely Albany is that no matter where you go, we're always going to have this one thing in common. Whether you move out of Albany, you live in somewhere uh, uh, somewhere else, you still work from Albany. You know what I mean? Albany's still going to be home. And I think that, you know, that's the sentiment for me. Even moving away, I'm up in Albany pretty often because Albany is still home. I got young kids right now and I want to raise them with the same love and respect and admiration for Albany that I had growing up, even though I know it's changed somewhat. But, um, you know, uh, I think given, uh, given a little bit more time, uh, uh, it's definitely going to get better. Yes. It's definitely going to get better. And that's going to lead me to uh, uh, this question for you, which is uh, near and dear to me. Uh, I, I tell everybody, I think, as far as I know, the two, statistically, 2018 and 2020 have probably been two of the most violent years uh, in Albany. Uh, how have you been impacted by gun violence in the Capital Districts a lot? Um, well, let's see. I mean, last year was definitely, I would say 2020 was probably the most, I'd say, effective for me. Mm. Being that, like I said, being that I had, I mean, I'm from Albany. Initially, I grew up there, both, all parts of Albany. I've been all around Albany. And, and that's me, you know, you make a lot of friends, you know, people who know people. And even when you just live through people vicariously, you just know a face or it's a, it's a face you've seen at the McDonald's drive-thru and, and you, you see that loss of life. Like, even if you didn't know that person directly, it, it almost hits you just as much. So we definitely took a big hit uh, last year. Even this year is in the beginning of this, the, the, the front end of this year as well. And that was like, I mean, I'm, I'm turning, excuse me, I'm turning 20. Like I turned 20 this year. Prior to that, I was in my 18 and 19 stage. And all my life, you know, not necessarily being shielded from that, but being that I did have those opportunities to go do these extracurriculars. Nine times out of 10, I'm either focused on that or I'm, I'm envisioning something else. And I'm not in that environment where I can procreate those kind of things. So I'm seeing them from the outside. And I'm like, man, like, 
this is why this mission is important to me. But I mean, personally affected. I mean, I lost my father last year, unfortunately, to gun violence at Albany. I lost, you know, friends that I grew up with, kids like we was in class doing math homework together, like people you would never think, you know, in 15 plus years and, and situations like that end up playing out the way they do, being that, you know, things are the way they are in our communities. And I feel like, like I was saying initially, it was just really eye-opening for me because like I said, I'm now at the age where it's like, not to be pessimistic, but you know, I could lose, I could lose life. Like in that type of situation, I'm, I'm seeing these dudes, I'm hanging out with these dudes. We could like, it could be us. It could be any one of us. We grew up together. We in the same streets. Like it doesn't have to be Chicago or wherever it could be right here. It could be right now. And that was something that I had to like, really just, like I said, it made me not only value the time that I have here, but it also made me look back and reflect like, you know what? I'm having these conversations. Like we're having right now with friends of mine that I've grown up with these situations and they're not, they're not, excuse me, unaware of the opportunities that I've had, the things that I'm doing. They know these things. They're like, listen, bro, like stick with it. And that's something that's driving me all the time. And that's something that's keeping me in that mindset. Cause we had the same friends that we lost. We know these same people. We grew up around these people. We know these people by first name, you feel what I'm saying? And they, we, they went through that loss with me. We've been through loss together. My friend lost his nephew last year. We all went through that together. And that was within the same span of us losing a close friend and a few months later losing my OG. So you feel what I'm saying? It, all of these things tie in and they, we can all resonate. They all resonate with us. Grief is, is, is universal. So seeing those things and being able to like go through those experiences with my friends and be able to not only know, but also just be aware at the same time of what's going on around me and be aware of my surroundings and know that I'm in this fight for change. That's something that helps me not necessarily cope with it, but it helps me deal with it on a day-to-day basis because grief is a lifelong process as well. Hey, it's, it's a lot. It, that could not have been said any better. Grief is a, uh, is a, is a lifelong process and, and it affects each of us differently. Uh, um, our healing mechanisms, our coping mechanisms, different um but uh i really like the way that you put that together uh 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 to um uh uh you know i i, I knew your dad uh, i said i know your mom uh sorry for your loss um and i love um and i don't and i don't mean to be out of out of pocket by saying this i love uh how you've been able to bounce back because that has been a, a significant loss that has been a significant uh, 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 switch uh, for anybody. I love to see how you've been able to um, um, get back to being uh, a, a you uh, because uh, like I said, I already know you are a leader for your generation. Uh, you're inspirational to me. Uh, you're inspirational to uh, so many other individuals and uh, to be affected by something uh, as impactful as gun violence. Uh, I think it becomes, it becomes too um normalized right i think a lot of times we see it we hear it you know it's just like oh it's just another thing that happened and and i i often tell people it's just like yo you end up you end up going having post-traumatic stress without even knowing about it because it's just like it becomes such a normal thing but it doesn't have to be normal and it shouldn't be normal death should be when we get old gray i mean yo i don't travel the world i didn't had 15,000 babies, nah, don't hold me to that. But, <laughs> but you know, I done traveled the world, I done did all of this, and, and it shouldn't be as normal as young life uh, are being taken. So, you know, um, uh, I'm glad to see uh, uh, you where you are today. Uh, I'm glad to know that, you know, uh, uh, your dad's strength, uh, the, the, the strength of the friends that you have lost though, are now being, um, champion uh through the activities that you're doing and and how you have become an advocate for the people so keep doing that man let me see i got a question for you if you could prevent uh a young person i know uh, you uh, you are still in the young bracket yeah but uh, you you, you're still in the bracket but uh if, if you could, could, if you could prevent someone uh, your age or younger uh, from doing something, or if you had a piece of advice that you would offer to, to someone your age or younger, what would it be, Salah? What is something that you would hope to prevent for another person? Hmm. Well, I, I could, it's, it's vast now, because I could we, could, we could talk about the things <laughs> I wouldn't want to prevent people from doing, but then I got some things I would want to pass down as well. Okay, I, I'll give, I'll, I'll go with this. So this happens uh, actually a lot more frequently than uh, than it does it. But uh, it's usually I get out of work probably like four o'clock, right? 
-hmm. and I get on the bus. This is during the semester. So this semester is over now. So it doesn't happen anymore. But when I would get out of work this semester, probably like four o'clock, the kids either be going to the mall. This is like right before daylight savings. So right before it started getting dark at a certain time. So kids mm -hmm. still on the bus, going to the mall, you going to friends to their house, whatever. And I'll get on the bus after work and I will get on and I will see kids on the bus, like just kids sitting on the bus, like they ride with their friends. But nine times out of 10, these kids are ages eight to 12. So it's boys in the back looking such as myself, you know, we want to all sit in the back, be fun, play around, but they in the back, like, you know, I have numerous occasions, but we'll go with two. One, we got boys on the bus, they pointing lasers in people's eyes, and then we had another one, and little boys, they, the, the one got mad because the, the other ones ain't want to go to the friend house. They like, we just trying to go to the mall. He like, let's go to the friend house, and then let's go. He like, well, my mom not going to let, you know what I'm saying? So they had their little debacle, and each time, those only two instances, but each time I was able to intervene and not off of a, like, hey, you guys stop doing that. Just off of, where are you guys going? And then they see me in a suit and they're like, hey, where do you, where do you work? And I'm like, I'm probably not that much older than you guys. And then they tell me how old they are. And then they tell me what school they go to. I ask them what their favorite subject is. And it's not even like, I want to, I want to put a word on what that concept is right there. But it's literally like the value of a conversation, almost in a sense, like just me being on that bus and wearing this suit, whatever preconceived notion they have about people who wear suits or people who are on the bus, they're on the bus goofing off and I'm not the guy who's trying to stop. I'm on the bus like, hey, come on. Like, really? That's that's funny. And then we all laugh together. Like, come on. Okay, you knew that wasn't funny. All right, what's your favorite subject? What sports you like to play? Oh, where y'all from? I'm over here. I used to play basketball over there. What's your brother's name? Like, you feel what I'm saying? And just right. once it resonates with them, they're like, can we have a business card? Can we talk to you? Like, ah, ah. they always ask me all kinds of crazy just questions. And it's just that, that impact right there just having that conversation like one of the boys from the time when um when they was on when they were when they were arguing with the one little boy that one boy he wasn't he was like um he said yeah my favorite subject is math and the one boy was like man that's dumb i said what's your favorite subject he said science i said mm, i don't know if i like science and then they started laughing i'm like but you see how you made them feel i'm like yeah, i gotta think about that and they was probably these kids was these ones was only like 11 they they went to hack it and the one he kept saying the n-word and this is just this is just another Little, you feel what I'm saying? I'm a grown man, but come on, we're not gonna condone kids. Like, uplift your brother. Y'all doing that to each other is only gonna detriment your mindsets. Uplift them. I'm like, why he can't be a king? They like, ah, they start blushing, getting all nervous. I'm like, why he can't be a king? What's wrong with calling him a king? He like, yeah, I'm a king. And I'm on a bus. This is from my little 10 minute, 15, excuse me, 15, 20 minute ride from City Hall up to Albany High. But just in those little instances, those conversations, I value those so much that I get to have with the kids. And that's something that I wish I could pass on and hope to pass on. Like, spread this message that. There is a collective value here. I value you guys' mindset. I value the things that you guys are doing, what you're capable of. I hope you guys feel the same because I'm here for you. I want to do these things to help you get better. I want to do these things to benefit you. Like we're talking about passions. These kids are 10. It might not resonate, but at least we're having these conversations. Now I wish somebody would have told me these things. And in a way, incrementally they were. But imagine if we started off everyone with the same start pack and we were getting all of these people to get into these mindsets where, okay, I'm going after what I'm passionate about regardless of, 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 of if I think it's unfeasible, regardless of if I haven't seen these opportunities, maybe I know somebody who has this opportunity. Maybe I know somebody who knows somebody. Just knowing that, like I said, they have that collectiveness there and there is that sense of community for them. Like that's something that I value so much. So I wish, I would say that's the thing that I wish to pass on right. and that I would pass on for any of the youngins. Just like implicate that, talk to, lead by example, talk to your brother, uplift your brother, uplift your sister, uplift yourself and be passionate about the things that you want to go to. More of exactly what you just what you just uh, spoke about, Salah. Honestly, because in those two situations you just spoke of, you were the living example. It's like you know, I always tell people we learn from the successes and failures of people who look like us. So for those uh, uh, for those young adults to see you on the bus, to not come at them from a judgmental standpoint, to not be like, hey, hey, don't do this, but to be like. Hey, you know, what I mean? what are you guys doing? You know, what I mean, I always tell people we have to learn to meet people where they are mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you know, what I mean, uh, uh, judging a person, uh, having a thought process of where they should be. Meet people where they are, what you did or what you have been doing on those bus in those uh, instances is just that you're meeting people where they are. And when you do that, you have a much more enjoyable experience with them, too. They get to enjoy you. And now they're not turned off by seeing a young black man that looks in the suit be like, oh, he corny. Now it's just like, no, that's a lot. Peace, yeah. King. You know what I mean? Peace, yeah. King. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, you know, because oftentimes we end up rewarding a lot of the behaviors that we shouldn't reward until we go so far down the rabbit hole 
be like, man, you know, we got misled going that way. So what you were doing, even with the, the thought process of saying, hey, we don't got to use this word. Why not call him a king? Peace, king. You know what I mean? And it's just like most times as young adults, we don't have the confidence uh, to step outside of what everybody else is doing. You know, it's a lot easier to just fit in and to fill in what everybody else is doing. And, and most of us want to be accepted. But as we start to teach that, which you just did to those young uh, to those young adults, which is confidence, as we teach that confidence and teach people to be themselves and be OK being themselves and being by themselves sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, will produce better, uh, better individuals that are ultimately go on to be better members of society that are ultimately uh, ultimately go on to be better change makers. You know, so shout out to you for that, man. That was dope. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, let me see. Um, if you were to uh, define success, how would you define success? What does success look like to you? Success. Personal success or success in general? Success in general. Success in general? Hmm. I'd say... I really like things to be effective. Like, did we succeed if we got it done? Or did we succeed if we got, you know, the things that like the job done, essentially? Did we get it done or did we get the job done? Kind of in a sense. Like, I, I really, I try to emphasize effectiveness really in, in the sense of anytime I'm gonna put like an idea or something out there in a, or a thought process, like deviating from a performative from a performative mindset. Like, we're just gonna do this and this is like, it's gonna look great. Like, people are gonna love this, but like, did people really get help? You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's something that, that, that I feel like equates to success for me, because if it wasn't effective, like what, what did you succeed? What were you trying to succeed? You know what I mean? It, it, it I don't know. It kind of gets lost in translation. I'm trying to stay in one place and not go off on a tangent. That's why I'm, I'm still thinking as I'm coming up with this, with this answer, but I would, I would, yeah, I would say effectiveness. Qualitative versus quantitative type answer. And, and, and uh, you know, a, 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 as simple as, you know what I mean? what does it what does it look like to you uh, what does a what does a successful person look like to you mm -hmm. not so much in terms of uh, a, a a a particular agenda okay. but if to describe success like what does success look like to you how does it feel what is what would you define it and in order for Salah to consider himself to be successful which I already think that you are how do you define success um I would say it's defined as, hmm, you might have gotten me with this one. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I, with this okay. one. Wait, hold on. Yeah. I would have known you would have had like 10, 15,000 things for this one right here. But that's yeah, well, I mean, I'm just, success It's just like. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to come okay. back to that. Okay. Okay. I'm coming okay. back to it. I'm coming back to it. Um, Here's an important one for you too, because uh, you're a man juggling so many different things. You're juggling school, you're juggling work, you're juggling family, uh, you know. Uh, how do you maintain a healthy work-life balance for you, Salah? How do I maintain a healthy work-life balance? Um, for me, I would say, I mean, what? When I'm in school, it's a bit, it's a bit more challenging. I wouldn't call it completely a balance. If I'm being 100% honest, I wouldn't call it a complete balance because during school it, it is kind of challenging. Aside from from working the job that I am currently, I also have another job, and um, I'm also, I don't know, gifted or cursed with with vision, and I, I kind of, I'm, I'm sometimes overly ambitious, so. I get stultified when there's not enough work and I feel like there's like I could be doing more or I feel like I'm going to, you know, get complacent or remain stagnant or in the same place for too long. I just I, I start to I start to do that. So I wouldn't call it a complete balance, but I, I like to use the things that I'm learning so that it's not so much as a chore so that I'm not necessarily trying to keep a balance like it's all it's all one because in, in, in a sense, it's the things that I'm doing at work are, in, are in, in practice and the things I'm learning at school are in theory. So being able to implicate those things from school and work makes that a little bit easier as well. But also being that, like I said, I mean, I, I, I 
I'm in a sense overly ambitious. We'll just say ambitious because what's overly ambitious? We'll say I'm ambitious and I have that vision. So being that I'm learning these things and I'm able to have these opportunities now, I'm like, okay, how do I move this piece to get it here to know that this is going to work down the line? Or does this opportunity have longevity? Or how am I going to do these things? And so they kind of just couple into a, a conundrum of thoughts throughout the day and I'm, I'm kind of working with it, but making sure also to get ample sleep, eat and otherwise, you know, stay healthy, hit the gym every once in a while, a little every, every other week type. But aside from that, I wouldn't call it a complete balance. College is definitely, it's not for the week. It's not for the week. And adulting is also not for the week. So we got to keep that serious. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, one thing that I will, uh, one, one bit of caution I would throw out there is to uh, um, find the balance right? Because there is this thing called burnout, right? So, you know, um, you want to keep uh, your young, vibrant self for as long as, uh, a vibrant self as you, uh, uh, for as long as you can. Um, and part of that is uh, being able to realize that you have energy, you have a set of skills, and, and, and to utilize it uh, correctly. You want to make sure that you don't overextend yourself, you don't get burned out, and uh, because that's uh, a, a huge part of, of being uh, a young entrepreneur, uh, a young adult, because you're figuring out so many different things in real time and trying to secure the bag, trying mm -hmm. to secure education, trying to secure a future. So, you know, I mean, th uh, those are a lot of other uh, uh, pressured weights on our shoulders. So finding a balance is sometimes just saying that, you know what, I'm okay not doing anything today, right? I already do so many other things. Let me give myself a, 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 a self-care day, right? Okay. To make sure that I'm just like, because it's so easy to keep moving forward. And sometimes people think that the more things that you're doing, the more that you're doing, I mean, the more things that you're doing, the more productive you are. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you could just be doing things and not being productive at all. So, you know what I mean? But in that, in that productivity, long story short, just remember to find a good uh, a balance for you so that, that way you have time to connect to Salah, his dreams, his wants, his aspirations, his fears, his concerns, and being able to deal with all that stuff in real time is what gives you a strong mental uh, foundation to move forward and to get along with all the uh, vicissitudes of life, so. Okay. Let me see. Um, uh, before I go here, okay. Tell tell me more about career in touch. What is your goals, or what are your goals for career in touch? How okay. did uh, that uh, come to be? Um, and, and and what are your hopes for career in touch? Okay. My hopes for career in touch. Um, well, maybe we'll start with the story initially. It's 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 kind of brief. Uh, when I start first started college, like I said, I just came off an internship. And I was going in my freshman year at U Albany, and I kind of was just like stuck trying to figure out like college life. Like, do I want to go out and party, make friends who party? Do I want to join a frat? Like, what do I want to do? It felt like like American Pie, like a movie. It was crazy at first. Like you, you're in there, you just like, oh, what am I? Like everything is happening at the same time, and everybody's moving. But crazy thing is, everybody's thinking the same. That's what the real mindset is. Everybody's nervous. We're all anxious. We're trying to figure out where we fit in, how to dress, who to talk to, when to raise your hand. So. Initially coming with that mindset, I say it probably lasted like maybe three or four days. I had bumped into this kid and um, I actually thought I knew him. He was from the Bronx, so we had never actually met. And I'm like, well, I think I know you. And we just had a conversation. And after that, um, we had a few more conversations just in terms of like, hey, what do you want to do? And what's your major? What's your minor? And as we started to emphasize those conversations more, we're like, how do we get, you know, these opportunities on campus? Not knowing that, you know, campus already had these opportunities. You just have to either know the plugin or have been on campus for a, a long enough times, like maybe a second semester, sophomore, junior, senior type, but whatever. We have these conversations and we're like, hey, how do we do this stuff? I'm like, well, I got, I got an internship before here, but it was just off of like, like, like networking, but I didn't even know what networking is at the time. I'm like, I just knew somebody who knew somebody and we, we made that connection and we're just emphasizing networking and continuing to have these conversations. We're like, hey, let's, let's start switching how we dress. I was reading uh, the The Art of, oh, there we are. The Art of Seduction, Robert Greene. I just had to make sure because he also did the 48 Powers a lot. I've read that not so long, excuse me, 32 Powers. I've read that not that long ago, but 
the Art of Seduction by Robert Greene. I was reading that at the time, and it was just talking about how you know psychologically, like a lot of these things playing like how you dress, different ties you wear, how you like your aneurysm, different things that you're doing throughout the day, and just like how you perceive your, how, excuse me, how you carry yourself is how people are going to perceive you. So um, we started coming to school. We're like, all right, let's start wearing tux tux tuxedos. Let's start wearing uh, uh, polos. Let's start seeing how this works. And we just started seeing the mindset shift. And it's like, well, if we're going to do this, like I said, being effective, not performative, if this is like the things we're going to implicate, we need to put something behind this. Like clearly we're, ma we're making some kind of pull people that like, we need to show people that these are the things you could do as freshmen. Like right now we're this is still in September. Most kids are trying to figure out whether they want to go back home or not. If I want to switch my major, we're trying to make meetings and, and, and meet with faculty and administrators high up in the school to try to see what type of opportunities we can create for students on campus or the kind of things that we can create for each other and the initiatives that we can create for each other to help people in the community, our communities back home. And seeing that we had similar stories, my, my friend actually, he grew up in the Bronx and then he moved to Rockland for high school. So kind of like how I start, I, I grew up in Albany and I left Albany for high school and I still was able like almost not necessarily looking in cause you still, you home, but it's like you you, you essentially are cause I'm not able to be with my friends or we not, we not out on the Ave or going where we going or doing what we doing. So I'm like seeing that we had those, those mindsets in, in comparison and similarity, excuse me. And, and, and um, being able to bounce those ideas of each other. That's how we, initially started with Career in Touch. We actually went to the CNYS Black Expo. We moved around and we just kind of advocated for it as an organization initiative. And we're just trying to get people to just give us a chance. Like, this is what we want to do, lead by example. But I mean, since freshman year of college, I've, it's grown into, in my mind, a multifaceted organization. I, I honestly see no ceilings for the capacity or, 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 or I, I'd say the, the power of Career in Touch and what Career in Touch could do. I mean, aside from helping offering programs to different schools. These are these are things that we are projecting to do and things that we'd like to do. So aside from uh, potentially offering programs to other schools and helping students get involved and leading by example through a, a multifaceted array of programs, we're also trying to heavily focus on getting people in touch with their careers on college campuses, people who are just getting out of jail, people who are ex-convicts. You feel what I'm saying? Like knowing that that sense of value is there for people who are generally are more often not over overlooked. And not only that, but helping people who aren't overlooked, like the kids on college campuses, you wouldn't think, but these are going to be the majority of people who are graduating and they don't have that sense of direction. They're not doing what they're passionate about and they're upset doing that job. So if we can help people get in tune or in touch with their careers early on, that's kind of, that's where it started off with. Okay. Okay. All right. And how many people are you doing career in touch with now? Um, it's So actually it's, it's career in touch. What'd you say? Is, is it you, is it you, you and still a friend from the Bronx? Yes. So it's, it, right now, it currently, it's just me. My, my friend from the Bronx, he, had, he has a, um, he's doing a, a few things, interning with actually a job with EY, uh, Ernest & Young, and he's doing a few other things pertaining to like some some uh, back home initiatives that he has. So currently, it's, it's under my guise. I'm actually working with two people in Albany. Um, uh, a friend of mine that actually, we did the, the turkey giveaway on, uh, excuse okay. me, the turkey deliveries on Equinox. Uh, with Equinox on Thanksgiving, excuse me. And then we also did the uh, the back to school giveaway when I when I went back to my alma mater and they came with me as well. But we're looking to get our LLC soon and, and finalize the majority of that stuff. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Hey, hey, uh, uh, let, uh, let me know if you need any help with that. Uh, you know, the law offices of JL Hughes will help you with that. So, uh, uh, but yeah, but um, I, 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 definitely, I definitely let us know, man. Um, but let me see. I, I I know I know you you've been in several different parts of Albany and outside of Albany. So uh, this next question is uh, going to be interesting. Uh, what favorite place to visit in the Capital District area and why? My favorite place to visit in the Capital District area and why? Um, hmm, I'm gonna think. You know what? I love I love going down down to South Pearl Street. South Pearl Street was really like Mount Hope, the beginning, like 624, right there in the beginning, right next to the to the basketball court, right there. Like that was so much of my childhood. Like and watching the that housing development go through like changes when we had the, the green gate, then we did it, then they took the trash cans and moved to the side. Like just all the little stuff. Every time I drive down there, I just feel like it's overwhelming nostalgia. Like I just think about the times that I was just in that, just living in that house. It was literally just like 
It was just me and my mom. We was just, you know, you know it better than anyone else. Like those are just times that I, I cherish so much and I value because I was learning the most at those times and I wasn't able to be cognizant and realize that until now I was getting prepared for those moments and, and taught resiliency to be able to be in the position that I am now. So I value those moments so much. And I try to remember like the different times. I had so many memories in my first house. Well, not that's probably like our second or, or third apartment, but I just had so many memories from South Pearl Street and just playing basketball. And so many of those dudes that I grew up with down there and rode the bus with, ended up going to Brighter Choice with, like we're still connected to this day. And when they send me like, oh bro, good job. Like I see you doing your thing. It hits so much different. Cause these are dudes I grew up with, like really playing on the ball court, like manhunt, all this, that, and the third. And now we're like getting older and we're at a point where like we're watching each other grow. And that's like, it, it, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes, like in a good sense, excuse me, but it's overwhelming almost like the, the nostalgic feeling. It feels so good just to know that the community still, you know, they still got love for the kid. It's good. And I also just love the place in general. It's a beautiful, I mean, to me, it is still, it's still got its beauty, little basketball court, little hoop, little playground. You got Walmart down the street. Everybody you know is in distance. The lady who sell ices is in the back. You got the lady who sell ice cream up the hill. I'm telling you, it was great. It was a great time. And like I said, man, I know, uh, what was it? Um, did they uh, end up installing those bike lanes down there? They, they uh, started They started off, they got they got them on like the outside of the sidewalk now. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I said, man, Albany's got so many different uh, uh, different pockets of development going on. Uh, shout out sh shout out to the whole South Pearl area. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the SD. Uh, let me see. Um, what about your life's path uh, are you most proud of, Salah? I got a couple more questions for you and then I'm going to let you go. Uh, so what about your life's path are you most proud of? I would say about my, hmm, what I'm most proud of, um, the ability to, the ability to seize opportunity. But I mean that in more than just how I'm saying it. Um, I feel like I really, I value my path specifically because uh, of the tools and the things I was able to learn from my mother. Like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't cognizant of those things at the time, of course, <laughs> you're often not. But like in growing up, like just learning that resilience, that perseverance, perseverance, excuse me, the resilience, the perseverance, uh, just learning from my mom and seeing her, you know, work for jobs still put food on the table, knowing it's just me and her and we were still like, we were just making it. And like that taught me something in, in so many different lanes. And aside from that, like just growing up the way I did and because of her also, I mean, I credit a lot of that to her, but being able to seize the opportunity and have those programs, go to those programs and have opportunities within those and just being myself, getting other opportunities from those programs, just continuing to grow through those and just using the things that I've learned to, to, to better myself and put myself in a better position each time. I feel like that's something I value about my past so far. And um, I also value the perspective in it, being able to have had those opportunities, like going to a different school. I went to Catholic school briefly for a while and just being able to gather perspectives from all different walks of life and all different kinds of people. Like it's something that has made me the person who I am. It's made me value my perspective, others' perspectives, but it's also shaped you know, the person that I am today. Okay. Okay. I agree with that. I agree with it. And it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's one of the things that, um, there's so much diversity. Um, what, what am I trying to say? You can gain so much more being, uh, um, inclusive as yeah. opposed to being exclusive. And it's just like, you know, being able to take in from all these different experiences, uh, uh, being able to uh, uh, meet uh, uh, beautiful people from different ethnicities or backgrounds and, and, and take all of these experiences to shape uh, you into who you're going to uniquely be uh, is important because it's going to shape your worldview. It's going to shape how you see yourself. It's going to shape how you see others. And it's going to shape your, your want or your desire to help. So... Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, let me see. Uh, here's my second. Uh, I got one more question after this for you. Uh, this one's going to be good um, because entrepreneurship is something that's really, really big. And uh, you hear a lot of people talking about it. And I always tell people all the time right now, uh, there's two big things in the black community. Um, uh, a lot of times that we're talking about uh, more so than what we've ever talked about it in the past. We're talking about uh, therapy. Right. Mm -hmm. And talking about financial literacy. 
right? And one of the things that comes up in financial literacy is the desire, the hope for people to go ahead and be successful entrepreneurs. Uh, do you uh, do you believe that entrepreneurship should be taught in high schools? Why or why not? Entrepreneurship. I'd say yes. I feel like it could be valuable for people who don't necessarily want to go to college or people who don't necessarily want to go to trade school or if you just haven't found your passion yet, knowing that you have like fully teaching on entrepreneurship, like all the different, you know, facets of entrepreneurship, the different things you can do, how you could like partner with other people. You can be a political, a, a, a political entrepreneur, like being an entrepreneur has so many different lanes, like completely teaching on that. I feel like that would be def that would definitely be beneficial considering, like I said, people who don't want to go to college or actual trade school, knowing that you have the opportunity to take something that you're passionate about or something that you're good at and not necessarily market, market it, make it your own and, and do it in your own way. Um, I feel like that's very beneficial. And that could also lead them to, to getting into other opportunities. I feel like there should be more classes. I mean, aside from, you know, entrepreneurship, there should be classes on taxes, student loans, how to do a FAFSA. Like, you need to know that you should be able to know these things because, I mean, you don't think about it when you're a freshman and your mom's helping you. But when you're a junior, she's not going to help you. Like, she was, boy, you should have learned this, like, for real. So I feel like, seriously, though, in, in school, I feel like those types of things like taxes, how to do your financial aid, how to apply for a job, how to do a resume, how to fill out a cover letter. And they do these like scattered out amongst, you know, other types of curriculums. And it's like, you know, you get that unit every once in a while, but I'm talking like strictly on this. This is what we're doing. We're trying to career build. We're trying to teach you guys how to get your career, whether or not it's listed on a job site or if you have to create the job site. That's the, I feel like that's the time that those are the times that we're living in now. People are like becoming, I mean, we got all the social media influencers. We got people on their own platforms, creating their own routes and lanes. And essentially they're calling themselves entrepreneurs. They're coming up with their own businesses. They're marketing themselves. They are the business at that point. So what better to teach than a, you know what I mean? Something so versatile. Yes, yeah. I, would, I would agree. I would agree. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why is this be like, you know, cause I, uh, as you mentioned, some people might not want to go the traditional, uh, 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 a college route. Some people might not want to go to trade school, but uh, I think one thing that we all uniquely have in common is that we all want to be successful. And that the word success obviously has different meaning for different people. But, you know, uh, most people want to be successful. They want to be comfortable with what it is that they're doing. They want to feel that they're making a contribution to whatever field of interest that they want to be in. Right. And entrepreneurship is, is one of those one of those ways to get there. Um, you also mentioned something that's really, really uh, becoming a, uh, a big topic, uh, even uh, so much that they're making, uh, trying to make congressional pushes for it, but uh, student loan debt out of this world. You know, I mean, I got a, one of these books up here called The Debt-Free Degree um, uh, uh, from Anthony O'Neill. And it's one of the things that, uh, that we talk about uh, pretty, uh, pretty regularly now to other families. I teach a course at my church. Uh, uh, I teach Financial Peace University uh, at my church, which is a Dave Ramsey uh, uh, class, but teaching people how to get out of debt. And, you know, I mean, one of the new aspects is realizing that uh, going to school, uh, having uh, going to school is a, is, a, is, is a choice, is a privilege, and it's not every, something that everyone doesn't have access to. But um, it has become a huge burden for a lot of people, too at the end of, 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 of a four year uh, of matriculation at a school or whether you choose to go on and get your master's, your JD, whatever it is. So uh, we have a, a huge part of the United States or society as a whole, I should say, is, is walking around in student loan debt and people are trying to figure out uh, how, how do I make a life for myself when I got to pay back uh, uh, tons of money. So one of the things that we uh, we teach uh, through Financial Peace University, as well as uh, with the tools that I learned through uh, Anthony O'Neill's um, debt-free degree, is that there are there are cheaper options uh, for us to go to school as opposed to like some of us just have these these schools in mind. I want to go to Howard. I want to go to um, uh, MIT, wherever it is, you know, we, we have these thoughts in mind of places that we want to go that may not be offering us any money to go. But then there's other places. There's, there's, there's community colleges where you can go and get your first two years done absolutely free, especially in a state like New York. Yep. You know, you, you can get those done absolutely free. And your first two years, I tell everybody this that I work with, is like, yo, you know, uh, for, for the young adults, 
your first few years are going to be your liberal studies classes for the most part. It's going to be your 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 basic requirements for you to go ahead and take. So you take that at it for free and then transfer over to the four-year school that you want to get your, your degree from and then go ahead and pay for two years of school as opposed to four years of school. So kind of like uh, re-educating ourselves on the process of going to school. Like you said, you know, your mom's not going to want to help you with your fast become junior year. You know, that might have been something I helped you with yeah. going into the second year. But it's just like part of your matriculation uh, through school is also matriculating uh, through your financial literacy. Right. Understanding that, you know, there's certain things that I'm going to have to uh, make myself aware of. How do I go ahead and manage the funds that I have? How do I uh, uh, register or manage my uh, my check register? Most people aren't using check registers anymore. So let's say, how am I? Am I looking at mint.com? Am I looking at uh, every dollar? What am I using to, to watch my money? I didn't know how to budget early on. So those types of skills are, are, are what should be coached and, and taught to, uh, to the younger generation. What do you call you guys, the Gen Zers? And to my generation, because we didn't have it. But I think that our access has grown uh, 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 to those opportunities. And I think that the more that we talk about them, uh, the more we'll have people prepared to go to school and not just not uh, uh, walk away with, a, with a, a, a ton of debt as soon as they graduate. But um, true. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I see. I, I had so much to say about that. I think I talked about uh, it with um, a gentleman who's running for Congress there. Um, uh, 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 Rostislav uh, before just talking about uh, getting rid of student loan debt. So uh, when, when you just mentioned uh, the FAFSA and, and, and student loan debt, I was like, oh, wait a minute, let me go here with you. Sorry. Oh, no. All right, <laughs> we could take it there. Nah, I was just playing. <laughs> um, uh, my last question for you, I said I was coming back to us a lot. So I'm going to end it off with this question as well. Um, how do you define success? What does success look like for you, Mr. Salah Harris? Success for me looks like, I don't know if you're gonna like this because it's concise. Um, success to me looks like setting an example. Mm. I feel like as long as the example that I'm envisioning right now is the example that I'm implicating during that point and to go further and, and set an even better example and to continue to pass that down so that there's people that I've set that example for that are also setting their own examples and, and continuing to, to spread, you know, beneficial knowledge and, and, and help people bring back their sense of value. Um, I've succeeded. I've, okay. succeeded. I've succeeded if, if, if the example has been set. Okay. Okay. What made you think I, I wasn't going to like that? I like that. Oh no, I thought it was a little concise. I thought it was a little short, but I I was thinking on it. You had me thinking on it. Cause I'm like, I can't just say, you know, don't be performative or don't do this or just be effective. But maybe that in that in that sense, that is being effective, setting an example that lasts, setting an example that 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 inspires, that motivates. So yes. Yeah. I think I read uh somewhere before how um it's easy for us as individuals to create success for ourselves. Mm -hmm. The challenge comes when we're trying to recreate success in other people. So what you just said was just that, you know, you feeling successful is when you're able to help create success for other people and whatever that looks like at that time, obviously that's going to change too. And then when you get to that next level, how do you help create success for yourself and other people? So, you know, I, I understood it wholeheartedly. I thought that was a great answer. Oh, dope. All right, all right. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, man, uh, Salah, uh, 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 thank you as always. Uh, one, um, I, I know you're coming in from work. Uh, so uh, uh, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, interview you tonight. Uh, like I said, I, I knew ever since I started this podcast in season one that I wanted to interview you because you are a dynamic person. I'm not just saying that because you're my cousin. I'm saying that because uh, if I didn't know you, um, uh, I, I would tell other young adults your age uh, that, you know, uh, this is an example of, of what you could be doing. 
Um, and I, I, I say that because I mean it. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, remember to give yourself grace as you continue to grow. Uh, uh, you'll make mistakes, you'll have successes, but uh, 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 stay the course and stay balanced. Uh, keep a good team around you uh, that will help to keep you in check in times where you need somebody to help bring you back. Uh, that has been part of my own success. You know, I trust the people that I keep around me. Um, if I can't trust you to tell me something honest, true, and good that's going to help, you know, I don't really need you around me like that. So keep your circle tight and, you know, I mean, wherever you desire to be um, or when it's all said and done, I, I have no um, doubt that uh, uh, you will meet and, and exceed uh, uh, any and all of those things that you want for yourself. So the back community, we have the opportunity of interviewing Salah Harris tonight. Uh, thank you for interviewing with us, bro. As always, we wish you continued success. And uh, thank you for allowing me to bring you on tonight. It was a pleasure speaking with the back community. It was a pleasure speaking with you as well, because this is great. I love the message. Let's keep going. This is amazing. Let's go. I know. There you have it, man. It's a lot. You have a good night, man. I'll play catch up with you later. Yes, sir. All right, cousin. Peace. Let's do it.